Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. I'm going to start a message series today that I'm titling All In. Say All In. All In. And I'm going to talk about giving God everything. Even the thing right now that you just thought. Even that? Yep, even that. <laughs> I think that, that so many believe the lie that uh, going all in with Christ is impossible. Because we've tried, we've dabbled, our, we've t- touched our toe in the water a little bit, but we've never just really gone all in. Can I tell you something? All in is freeing. Half in, it's bondage, man. It's, it's, it's trouble, right? All in is life changing. It's eternity changing. All in is really where joy and peace exist. I'm just telling you. And this is how Jesus describes it. He's, he says in Matthew chapter 22, he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as what? As yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Listen, the moment that we separate the Bible from love is the moment we miss the entire point of the Bible. Okay, the moment we 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 don't get those two lined up, the that moment, the moment that God's not leading us, that we don't feel God is leading us to not only love Him but love other people, to love our neighbor, to love the guy that keeps annoying us across the street. Come on, everybody. Then then we've missed the point entirely. So so the call of Jesus is a call of follow me. He says. Follow me, right? We follow him. That's what we do. We follow Jesus to have a life-changing relationship with him, and it goes beyond Sunday. Are you going to be with me this morning, everybody? It goes beyond Sunday, right? The joy of following Jesus is a relationship with Jesus. I've been in a relationship with Jesus for a long time now. And I'm telling you that there is no joy like the joy that Jesus brings. There's no peace like being in an ongoing, active, daily relationship with Jesus. In John 4, there's a woman who who came to a well, and she, she understood church, okay? She got church. She knew religion. She knew what to do on a Sunday. She knew how to, how to act. She knew what to say. She knew where to sh- show up. She knew where to sit. Come on. She knew, where to, she knew that sitting up front was better than sitting back. Someone smile at me back there. I'm going to look at all the front people right now. And uh, the only one problem is she didn't have a relationship with Jesus. She, didn't have, she had no relationship with God. She was religious, yes, but she was empty. And Jesus said, follow me. He said, if you drink from the water from the well that I can provide, you'll never thirst again. You'll never be in need. You'll never be lacking, right? If you, if you can figure out this relationship thing, if you can do that, all the cravings of the world will start to go away. Because we'll be leaning into him. I want you to look there in your notes or in your Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 1. 
Let's start in verse 9, 1 Samuel 1. After, once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli, the priest, was sitting at his customary place behind the entrance of the tabernacle. And Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly, and she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer, and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. And he will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. This is the start of the mullet, y'all, right here. That's where it began. Just kidding. Verse 12. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli, who was the priest, he watched her. And seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, he thought she'd been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am but I'm very discouraged. Say, I'm very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. I don't know if you've ever prayed out of great anguish and sorrow, but it's a different kind of praying. Come on, everybody. It's different than, Lord, bless this food we're about to eat. (laughs) Anguish and sorrow, it looks a little different. It sounds a little different. There's a little bit different posture. Come on, everybody. Verse 17, in that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request that you have asked of him. I want to point you back to verse 10. Look what it says. It says, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer. This is the cry of our heart. If you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. God, I pray that you would do something powerful in our lives. With the word that you've declared. And God, may we leave this place charged up closer to you and with a passion on our heart to lean in even closer than when we came in Jesus name amen 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 give Paul a big hand clap that was beautiful man I can't do that I simply can't I simply can't do that um glad we have gifted talented people all over the church that you know, just love the Lord and give to us all. Come on, everybody. And are a blessing. It's a beautiful thing. By the way, you're all talented in some way. Shake your head, yes. You're thinking, you don't want my way. No, we do want your way. We want your unique gift and ability that God has blessed you with. And there is nothing more important than the other in God's house. Come on, church. And so, listen, I've titled today's message, Get to Shiloh get to Shiloh. This is a woman who could not get pregnant. And that's sad. That's a, that's a difficult thing. And in today's world, it's extremely tough. It's a tough thing to, to witness. It's a tough thing to know somebody who's, who's praying for a child. Many times we've prayed for people that for whatever reason, they just, she, the, the wife, she's just not able to get pregnant. And, and, but I will say that in Bible days, in Bible days, I don't think it was any more difficult then, but I will say this. In those days, 
people would have thought that she was cursed. Okay? They would have, they would have openly called her cursed, which is a little harsh, wouldn't you agree? And it would have been shameful. It would have been, she would have carried this excess weight upon her. People saying that God had forsaken her, that because children, offspring were, were looked upon in, in those times and should be looked upon now as a blessing from the Lord. Right? Right? Every human being alive, God made that happen. Right? And it's a blessing from God. We don't supersede the will of God in that moment of conception that God chooses. The Bible says he opens and closes the womb. Right? And so, and this, this, this woman, it didn't matter, it doesn't matter if they were just married or, or maybe if you were just married, one person, uh, uh, then they, they married many different people. The, the women had, or men had many different wives. So, so it would have been hard enough for, for her had, had her husband just been married to her, right? But he wasn't just married to her. He was married to other women as well. And they had babies. So the eyes shift somewhat from him, and they're all focused on her. Yes? It's a, it's a difficult thing for her. So Hannah, Hannah's husband, Elkanah, say Elkanah. I mean, I like, I like the name. I like the word elk, but Elkanah. It's odd. Right? He had other wives, and it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't Hannah's, or it wasn't Elkanah's issue. It was more Hannah's issue of infertility, and everyone knew it. Everybody had this issue, and we all have issues, right? We all have issues, but that is an issue that everyone knows outwardly, which is different than often the issues that we have inwardly that we can, can go to a certain group of people with or maybe keep to ourselves. But this was an issue. This is, this is going to be a big issue in her life, and... And uh, so she prays, and here's my favorite part. She gets results, everybody. She not only prays, but she gets results. Say she gets results. Three things we're going to learn this morning from the life of Hannah. Number one, write this down. She would tell us to get to Shiloh, number one. The Bible says that she ate, and then she went to Shiloh. Shiloh was the place of the presence of God. That's what Shiloh was. This is before Jerusalem. This was when they would set up the tabernacle and, 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 and it would be kind of in a tent, if you would, at this time in history. And at this time, it was in a place called Shiloh. Say Shiloh. Shiloh literally means, in your notes, write this down, the place of rest and the place of peace. That's what Shiloh represents. It's a place of rest. It's a place of peace. This is the one thing I want everyone to hear. In this year, you need a Shiloh. You need a place of rest, and you need a place of peace. Not your neighbor, you. You need a place of rest, and you need a, and it doesn't matter if it's a room in your it's a room in your house. It doesn't matter if it's a if it's a place in your office. It doesn't matter if it's the cab of your pickup, right? It doesn't matter if it's a closet, so you can lock the door and escape from the children, right? You just need a place of rest and a place of peace. And Shiloh was that. 
It was that. It was where the presence of God dwelt and she got to Shiloh. She, she made the journey, says so she ate. So it took, it took some effort. She knew she needed some sustenance, right? So she prepared before she went. And then she went to Shiloh. Turn to your neighbor, say, get to Shiloh. Hannah, Hannah needed something. What did she need? She needed a, she needed a miracle. What was she desiring? She wanted a baby, right? Like, not like a cabbage patch, a real one, right? Where did that come from? 1986? Cabbage patch. I will never forget, by the way, standing in the Kmart in Clovis, New Mexico, watching grown women fight each other. I ain't kidding. Pulling hair, bloody and lips. I was like, oh, girl got hands. Over the red-headed cabbage patch, she threw hands. Look at that. That was before the internet craze, right? Right? The only internet thing we were doing then is Oregon Trail. <laughs> Come on. And I always got dysentery and died on the Oregon Trail. I never made it past, like, Old Smoky Cabin, you know? I don't know if that was a real cabin name or not. I just threw that out there. I forgot the cabin name. Anyway, if you got a copy on a five and a quarter inch floppy disk, bring it by. This woman needed a miracle. So she prepares and she goes on this journey. She goes to Shiloh and she, because she's desperate. This is a desperate woman. Hannah was broken, and Hannah knew she needed to get there. She knew she needed to spend time in the presence of the Lord. She knew she had to get to this place. And here's what's amazing about Hannah's whole situation. Write this down. She never complained. It's crazy to me. But we have no record of Hannah complaining. She cries, she grieves, she isn't in denial about her emotions or her current state, but she refused to complain. That's better than me. Come on, right now, you know that's true, right? This word complaining, it's an amazing word in the Greek language. Write this down. Complaining literally means to have a secret debate in your heart. That's deeper than you, you, you felt it right then. It'll, it'll impact you more as the more you lean into that and realize that that's what a complaint does. It, it allows a secret debate to begin within your heart, within your, your spirit. Within you, a secret debate will arise. It reminds me of the book of James where it says, a double-minded man is what? He is unstable in, in all of his ways. He cannot stand. A double-minded man can't stand. He's unstable, right? He's unstable. He's, he's, he's off kilter. There's just, just because you aren't saying it doesn't mean you're not feeling it. Come on. Right? And remember, before a complaint ever leaves your mouth, it's built in your heart. Before it leaves your mouth, it's built in your heart. And we know that what's in our heart drives our life. The Bible says... Be sure to guard your heart, for out of it flows the wellspring of life. Right? So a complaint, once it leaves our mouth, we, we got to know that it was built in the heart. And Hannah refused to have a secret debate within her. 
She was one track. She was going to Shiloh for what? To get her miracle. She was going to Shiloh to receive from the Lord. She was going to Shiloh to spend some time in peace and some time in rest. She was going to Shiloh. She needed that, and she refused to complain in her heart and outwardly. I love it. So she refused to seek attention. She refused to seek attention from those around her. Instead, she went and hid in the presence of Almighty God. She went and hid. The Bible says in Psalms, he says, I will hide you under my wings, right? Right? There's a, there's a place where we can go where we get close to the Father and we hide within that. We hide in his presence. And I'm going, she's like, I'm going to need a miracle because I, I can't do this any other way. I'm going to need you, God, to come. I'm going to need you to come. And so she went to him. Right? She went to the presence of God. Through, through, she, needed, she needed God to break through in her life. She was going to go all in. Say all in. She's going to go all in in the present. I've got to go all in. And so she goes and she spends a time, dedicated time, in God's presence, in prayer. Listen, half-hearted devotion is not going to get me anywhere. She knew this. Half-hearted devotion is not getting me anywhere. And so I, I, it's, it's never got me anywhere that I wanted to go. It's true of her. It's true of us. And God, I'm making an adjustment. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to go all in. Halfway, no peace. Come on. Halfway, no peace. All in, peace and rest. All in, all in where? All into the presence of God. It's a place where we get God's attention. And you and I, we need a Shiloh. We've got to go to Shiloh, everybody. We've got to get there. We've got to get there. A place of rest, a place of peace, a place where your phone doesn't, doesn't rule you. Right? A place where Instagram is not allowed. A place where Facebook is illegal and off limits for you. Come on. And, and email notifications don't distract you. Where text messages can be turned off. <laughs> and it's quiet up in here. <laughs> Connected people, right? Um, it's a quiet place. It's a beautiful place. Right? I think one of the things that I enjoy most about going to the mountains either in hunting season or fishing season, which is all the seasons. <laughs> is the phone to work well up there? Right? The phone to work, and I love that. I love, there's, time, we, there's times we all need that. There's times we just got to disconnect. There's why? Because the main reason is it's the longing of our heart to connect with God, to have a place of rest and a place of peace. Because in our world today, there's no rest or peace. Because of the constant connection, the constant involvement. Come on, everybody. It's a place of rest. Shiloh. We need a Shiloh. It's that place where, we're, where we get God's attention. And more importantly, God gets ours. Most importantly, that's where God gets our attention. Come on. I love this about Hannah. She went to Shiloh before she was pregnant. By the way, I'm going to spoil the story. She goes to Shiloh after she has a baby. See, when you realize the importance of leaning in and spending time in the presence of God for his peace and his rest, for his wisdom, for his acknowledgement, for his love, for his care, then what happens? We want to do that more and more. 
right? We want to spend more time with him. What he's saying is in the good times and in the bad times, she needed Shiloh. By the way, in your good times and bad, you need Shiloh. It's funny to me that how, how when tragedy strikes, often people run to the church. Come on. We don't hear from people for years, literally. Like, I wonder if they moved. And then all of a sudden, the phone's blowing up, getting text messages, getting email messages, getting all, all this stuff. I'm like, what, what, something must have happened. Right? Suddenly, they're leaning in. What is it? It's our desire, and I'm not knocking it. Listen to me. I'm, it's our desire to want to lean in to a Shiloh place. God put that within us. It's a place of peace. It's a place of rest. It's a place of security. It's a place where we get built back up. It's a place that we need, and please don't get so successful that you forget about your Shiloh. Please, please don't. Please don't forget that you need that. And parents, listen to me. You, you've got you to build this into the life of your children, right? Or they won't, need, they won't know that they need one. All they'll know is something's missing in my life, and I don't even know what it is. Right? Right? And suddenly, the, the thing that we try to replace Shiloh with becomes the thing that they gravitate to, and every other thing will keep them wanting. Every other, your vacation house, as good as it is, It'll leave them wanting because it's not peace and rest. That's a wonderful place. God can provide peace and rest for you there, but it will not replace his house. It will not replace, come on, everyone. It will not replace time in the presence of God. Don't use Shiloh as a tool that you, to get what you want, and then when you forget, you forget all about it when you, when you don't need that anymore or when you, you, you're walking in fulfillment of whatever it was. Don't get so blessed that you forget about it. That you walk away from, come on church, right? Listen, here's what I know. Life changes, people change, places change, the presence of God doesn't change. God's presence doesn't change. If you, if you want peace, if you want consistency, you want an anchor, get to the presence of God. It's in his presence that God will keep you encouraged in dark seasons, and it's in his presence that God will keep you grounded in the good ones. Right? I don't know everything the year holds, but I know who holds it. Come on. To sound cliche-ish, come on, I know who holds it. I know who's got it. I know who's prepared for it. I know who's, who's looking out, who knows what's coming. I know who's going to give me the strength for today, leading me into tomorrow. That way I've got enough. Come on, church. Right? Right? Listen, I, I, and I, I couldn't have been any more proud of you on Monday night. Um, the beginning of the year, God really laid it on my heart to just spend more time in prayer and dedicate that. And, and so we had you the very first Sunday of the year. We had you write down those little things. Gail mentioned it in, in talking this morning um, on those little pieces of wood where we wrote a big request to God. God, this is what I'm longing for. This is what I'm asking for, Right? And so many of you did that, right? So many of you did that. You know, my heart broke for the ones that I, I picked up that were just sitting in the seats where nobody did it. And here, here's, what, here's, here's what I'm thinking. I, I, I think I think only reason a person would just not, 
not write something down is either they don't, they don't have a relationship with God, right? Or their faith has been diminished just by the ongoings of life to the point where they, they don't even feel worthy of asking. And you know what they need more than anything else? Shiloh. They need that place. By the way, a place always comes with the people. Right? Because I've been in great places and lonely. Don't ignore that. Don't ignore that longing in your heart. Don't ignore it. It's so vitally important to the ongoing existence of your life and the future that God has for you. Listen, if you want peace, get to Shiloh. We know who holds the peace for us. We know who's got joy for us to be fulfilled in us. And I, don't, I, I, know, I know there's a lot going on already in this crazy little short year that we've already begun. We've got conflict overseas, yes? We've sent thousands of troops, right? We've got, we got politicians acting like politicians. No doubt, right? We've got a lot going on, and I'll tell you what we need more than anything else. We need the presence of God. We need God's presence. So thank you for showing up. Thank you for coming Monday night. Thank you for coming and praying and seeking God. Thank you for, it matters more than you know. Listen, more than anything else in our nation right now, our nation needs a praying church, not just a posting church. I don't know if you're Democrat or Republican, and I don't really care. But I do hope you're praying more than you post. It's what our nation needs right now. Some of you care a whole lot more about that than you should. It's thick now. You feel that? Feel that tension? You know why tension exists? It moves us. If I were to walk up to you and put pressure on your back, eventually you're going to step forward. Or you're going to recoil back into me, right? Tension always exists to move us. So here's, here's, my, here's my encouragement for you right now. Since we had that corporate moment of tension, do something with it. And my encouragement is prayer. Not pride. Not I'm right and you're wrong and it's ridiculous that you think this way and I can't believe you voted for who? It's prayer. Number two. Number one, get to Shiloh. Number two, a good life will always try to replace the God life. See, Hannah is very discouraged. She's broken, right? She's, the hurt is real. Ladies, come on. And you've got to love her husband. <laughs> come on, ladies, love us, please. And be patient with us. Wives, please pray for us because there's times we just don't get it. Like, literally. I'm fixing to show you one. Here, here's what her husband, Elkanah, says to her. She can't have babies. Here's what he says, verse 8. He says, why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask, why aren't, why, why, aren't you, why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? 
<laughs> Such a dude thing to say, right? What, a, what an idiot. Right? right? I mean, especially coming from the guy that's got several other wives. <laughs> Homeboy eating a sandwich tonight, y'all. Come on. <laughs> you know that's right. Come on, baby. You got me. Right? Aren't I the fulfillment of all your dreams? <laughs> Here's what I think. I think life in life, there's always going to be that voice that says, settle. Won't you just settle? You got a lot already. Don't worry about it. Just settle. There's children in the house. Yeah, they don't belong to you. They belong to her. Just settle. Bills are paid. Your car's still running. Settle. Settle. Right? Why are you believing for more? God's already blessed us. We've got it pretty good. Here's what I know. Pretty good will replace good, and good will replace God. Pretty good replaces just okay. Pretty good replaces, that's better than just okay. Just, come on, and then all of a sudden, pretty good replaces God. Um, come on, you, you know, you got me, aren't I enough? And, and here's the deal, the voice of settling will try to get you right out of faith. It'll guilt you right out. It'll guilt you out of standing for what God is placing within your heart. This is precisely why it's so dangerous, everyone, to a person's life to get in relationship, whether that be romantically, real close friend, whatever it is, with someone who doesn't have a relationship with God. And listen, I'm not blaming them. I'm not blaming the non-believer. Listen, the Bible says, the Bible says that all of this is foolishness to someone who doesn't believe. Remember, they're blinded. They can't hear it. They, they don't see it. That's why they don't understand it. Come on, church. It's foolishness if they don't believe. By the way, I, I really believe if they don't believe, if they don't believe, they would, they would have to not love you to try to talk you out of going all in. Because they think you're whack. E. They think you're nuts. Right? Why press in? Why, why go all in? Why, why tithe? Why, why serve? Come on. Why pray bold play, prayers? Why, why do that? Why, 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 why pray radical prayers that if someone heard you, they think you're crazy? Right? Why ask for more? We got enough. Why not just settle? Why not just take it easy? Here, here's something, here, here's the amazing thing about settling. It literally means, here's the, here's the definition of settling. It literally means to give in to the gravitational pull. Just to settle. 
just to give in. I know you know this, but let me, let me remind you that um, almost everything in your life is trying to get you to settle. Almost everything. Right? We were told as little children, settle down. Right? Being rambunctious and having fun, just settle down. Why? Why, why is that? Because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a foreknowledge of what's to come. Yes? Because if you were to act, come on, if we all went to Chick-fil-A and got on the place that, as adults, what would happen? Well, it would break, number one, the weight limit. Come on right there. That is true. That is, yeah, I got stuck in a slide one time. I'm, I'm kidding, y'all. That was funny. Look at me. <laughs> I thought I was, though. I thought I was stuck. I thought I couldn't fit. I thought I was going to be hung up in Burger King forever. Right? At least I could have it my way. I guess that's true. <laughs> Almost everything in life, just, 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 just to go low, right? Just not believe for more. Just not get your hopes. And listen, listen. You need to be absolutely grateful for everything in your life. Yes? Absolutely. And at the same time, believe God for all that he has for you. For all that he's got in store for you. You've got to learn how to navigate that. I'm so grateful, but I believe for more. Right? For that proper perspective. And I'm not believing for more just to have stuff. I want more impact. I want to help more people. I want to, I want to see more people get to know and serve God. I want to impact nations. Come on. Come on. I want regions of the world. I, I want to have a marked impact on the lives of people. And I'm not just telling you that settling. I'm not saying... I'm not saying to you that settling is easy because it's, it's just giving, it's, it's giving into that, that pull. That's, that's why the vast majority of New Year's resolutions are over by now. Those are over, right? People put them new athletic gear. They have bigger it in the closet. They're done with that, right? Right? I hope they didn't buy them britches too tight because now they're loungewear. Those are the chip pants. That's the chip and salsa britches. Right? They got that, they got that stretch factor. Come on, everybody. Hmm. Listen, it's, it's easy to, just to give in to that gravitational pull of settling, of, of enough. Just, it's just enough. It's enough, right? My relationship with God, it's It's enough. My prayer life, it's, it's enough. My worship, you know, this is enough for worship. I mumbled the words to one song. Come on. Come on. You know one thing I love? I love going to a church, and especially when I don't know any of the words, any of the music. Gail hates that. She wants to know all the songs. Huh, huh, you just love it. You just, uh, she's going to get into it, you know. Ugly cry, all that stuff. You pretty cry, though. Even when you ugly cry, you're beautiful. <laughs> Need all the help I can get, y'all. <laughs> okay. Um, 
But I like going where I don't know nothing. And I can just stand there, sit there, kneel. And I love, I especially love when it's a really big crowd. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Where there's thousands of people around you just worshiping God. Because there's something about the presence of God where I don't have to know. I don't have to know what's coming, right? I, I, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but as, the, as a pastor, I got to know what's going on after service, what meetings we have before service, what time everybody's supposed to be here, right? Who showed up, who didn't, Right? I know what's going on with the light board and the sound quality. Now, is it recording this week or is it we having a glitch? Is our app up and running? Come on, everybody. Uh, you got to know. You got you to gotta know. You got to know. You got to know what's going on. You got to know where, if, if, to go to the chorus instead of the bridge. That's why I'm throwing bass signs back here. Right? I'm a third base coach. Right? You got to know. You gotta, it's just nice to go and to sit and to soak. But God had more for me than that. Yeah? And every now and then I get to do that, and I love it. And it's vacation for me. Come on, everybody. Right? It's a moment, but I can't live there. I don't live there. Why? Because God's called me to do more. To step in, to go what? All in. To go all in. To go all in. To, to, to not only receive, but to, to, to give, to pour out. Yes? Only water that, that, that constantly receiving is the, the water that gets stagnant. Water that's got an outflow. People that have an outflow, their life doesn't get stagnant. Come on, church. Their life doesn't get stagnant. Um, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah was asking God for a miracle. She needed God desperately to do something powerful in her life. She needed, she was, she desired, she desired of it. Listen, it's not, it's not unreasonable for you to, to make your request known to God. The Bible says, make your request known to him, right? It's not unreasonable for us to do that. I, I, I talked about it earlier in the year already that you need to pray for yourself as, as, as well as other people. You need to pray for you. If you're not healthy, you can't help other people. Come on. And uh, I've, always, I've always been amazed by this. When the people of God were in Egypt, it was the land of enough, right? They, they were given enough. Every day they had an allotment of food. They had a, an allotment of material. They had an allotment. But, but when they got into the wilderness, the Israelites, when they left Egypt, they went into the wilderness being led by Moses. They leave they leave enough, and they went into the wilderness. It was a place of just enough. Every day God gave them manna from heaven, supplying them just enough for that day. They couldn't keep any for the, for the next day. In fact, they tried that once. What happened? <laughs> it spoiled and they died, right? That didn't go well. God, God is a constant reminder that we need to lean into him. And so they, they were in Egypt. They had enough. They go to the wilderness. They have just enough. And, the, and in the wilderness with just enough, their heart begins to long for going back to Egypt. And they desired to go back there. Why? 
gravitational pull. Come on. To give into that gravitational pull of how this is how we've done it. This is what happened. This is what we've done in the past. This is, this is how our family's always been. This is the kind of temptation I've always dealt with. I'm just going to give into the gravitational pull. I'm going to remain. Come on, everybody. It's easy just to give into that, just to settle. Baby, aren't I enough? Right? Elkanah. Hannah, Hannah, aren't I good? Come on, look at me. And I, and I don't know what, what the elk in a voice is in your life, but I will tell you that it's easier just to keep up the addiction. It's easier for you to remain right where you are. I'm not going to stand up here this morning and tell you it's easier to change. It is way easier for you to settle. It is way easier for you to just know that's the, that's the, the, that's the curse your family's been under. It's just you just might as well learn to deal with it, live with it. As the repercussions of those things unfold in your life, we're just going to, well, it's just how it is. It's not worth the fight to deal with the insecurity. After all, you've learned to live your entire life through the insecurity. So why change now? You've learned to live your whole life. You, you've, lived, you, you've learned to live with fear uh, kind of kind of holding you back. So now to break out of it, you're going to have to break out of that gravitational pull because it's going to want to pull you back. It's just, listen, there's an Elkanah telling you there's an El- to settle because after all, you got me. After all. In fact, it's offensive to those who don't want to go all in. It's offensive to those who don't want to just go all in, to go all out for God, to to go into an active relationship with the Lord where God actually, he breaks all ties. That he actually wins. That we actually lead our family and our home and our future and our existence in the way of God, in the knowledge of God, in the focus of God being center where everything flows out from that. Try, just try to, I don't, know, I don't know who it is for you. I don't know who the Elkanahs are in your life and you're going to have to resist that voice and believe for more. You've, you've got to resist it. A good life will always try to replace the God life. The good life will always settle, stagnate, stuck. No, 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 no. All in. All in. Your life will be consistently in this gravitational pull to bring you down. But what breaks you out is not, by the way, it's not determination. It's not motivational posters. Aren't those cute? We love those. It's not those. It's not dream boards or vision moments. Fine. All those things can be fine unless... Unless they're a false sense of reality of where you're headed. Smile at me. What breaks you out more than any other thing is prayer. It's spending time in the presence of God. It's spending time, and it's the right people. It's God and his people. Come on, church. It's God and his people. But his people are flawed. Yes, they are. Yes, they were. And yes, they will be. And it's his grace that empowers us all to be brought into his presence even though we're flawed.
even though we too are the, are, are the loudest voice of Elkanah in, our, in each other's lives at moments, where we're, we, we can even be that person, right? We can even be that person. It's so important that we realize it. Psalm 141 verse 2 says, May, may my prayer be counted as incense before you. The lifting of my hands and, and as the evening offering, your life will be that. It will be, it will be continually in a gravitational pull down. You've got to battle that. Come on, church. You've got to battle it. So life is trying to pull me down. Life's trying to get me to settle. Life's trying to get me just to, just to bask in good instead of in God. Come on. Pulling me out of, pulling, pulling me out of limitations, pulling me out of easy. God, God wants to motivate us. God's got more for us. God provides a future for us. And it's taking me into the, the great life that God has for me. Not stuck in good. Listen, don't stay there forever. Don't stay there forever. Don't get stuck in that. All in living is going to require prayers that go beyond my limitations, okay, beyond the limitations of my surroundings. Beyond the limitations of my surroundings. Ever since I moved to Tucumcari, there were, there's been things that have just boggled my mind. Like if you're not from here, you get this. If you're from here, you probably really get this, Right? We had students in our youth group. They would grow up. They would, it would be a, a time of life where they're, they're going to get their driver's license, right? They're going to, they're going to, and, and maybe 18 years old, and they still don't have a driver's license. What are you doing? Oh, I just, it just makes me nervous. I've known it. Listen, when we first got here, there were, there were some people in our church, they were youth sponsors, and, and she, this woman had never, she was, she, she was as old as I am now. Guess. No, I'm just kidding. Um, she lived here all her life. She had never driven to Amarillo by herself. Now, if that's you, I'm not knocking that. I am just saying this. There's been a limitation somewhere placed upon your life. It could be just you. And it, it's okay if that's you. I'm not knocking that. I'm saying this. Break out of some limitations. Right? We're going to Dallas in a week. We're putting our three kids on an airplane to send them home. Without us. Right? Without, why? They got to grow up. You're like... They're young. Yeah, I got one of them's in grade school. But he's going on 24. How many of you met Creed? <laughs> right? Ain't nothing that boy ain't willing to navigate. Yes? They're, so ex they're more excited about that than the rest of our trip. Wow. Why? There's something about us as human beings wanting to step out. And go all in. Do a little more. Go a little further. Come on, church. I got to hurry because I, I, mm, I got all wrapped up. Come on. I got fired up. Have y'all had fun? I've had fun. If you're not having fun, it's your fault. I'm just telling you right now, it's your fault. Right. You're going to have to pray prayers like Hannah. You're going to have to pray them quiet because you're going to be embarrassed 
you'd be embarrassed for other people to hear how big you're praying. Some of you need to pray those kind of prayers. We need to pray big, bold prayers, right? I, I, I can't even pray this one out loud, right? Because I, I, I'm going to have to give that unspoken prayer request in life group because if I told most of you jokers, y'all might laugh in my face. Hannah prayed beyond the limits of her surroundings. She prayed beyond the expectations of her husband. She prayed beyond the faith of her priest. And her prayer got the attention of Almighty God. And so will yours. So will yours. Come on, let's, let's go all in. Come on, everybody. I've refu- Listen, this year I refuse to pray prayers this year that are so small that if, that if, if God answered, we wouldn't even know he answered. God be with me today. Yep, he's going to do that. He's going to do that. I'm not knocking you if you want to pray that. Pray that all you want. But just know this. There's no miracle in God being with you today. He said in his word, I will be with you. Come on. Instead, God today, blow my mind at the closeness that we share today. Fill my heart with encouragement that I need at the right moment at the right time. Give me wisdom beyond my current knowledge and fill my mouth with the words that I need at the moment I need them when I'm in conversation with somebody. And may God, I point people to you because we're close. They're going to feel the closeness too. They're going to desire what we share. In relationship, they're going to lean. They're going to ask questions. They're not going to stay stagnant. They're not going to just keep settling. They're going to lean. They're going to want more. Come on, everybody. Let's pray again. Let's 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 fast again. Let's let's dream again. Let's confess again. Let's go all out. Believe for for God for big things. Number three, I got to finish right here, Paul. If you'll come, that'll help me. You guys, help me out. Number three, give it back to God. Give it back to God. For Samuel one verse eleven. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. How many of you ever tried to teach a child to share? Right? They get a new something. Right? They get a new little gift, right? It's their birthday. It's their birthday. It's not even Christmas. It's their birthday. Their birthday's about who? It's about them. Everybody else don't get a birthday present on their birthday. They do. Right? Right? Don't be one of them fair parents. Well, it's your birthday, but we got to be fair. Let's get all the children a gift. <laughs> Listen, fairness is going to slap them upside the head in a little bit because this world ain't fair, y'all. Teach them now. Teach them early. Right? Teach them early. Teach them often. You ever ever tried to teach a kid how to share one thing that they just can't comprehend is, is that as parents, we have so much more supply than they have to share. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I remember a time or two where our kids, I was just super proud of them. They shared. So as soon as we could, we loaded them in the car and we drove somewhere where you could do some shopping. We bought them something. Hey, because you shared, we want to we get you something else. Really? 
right now, you're like, well, that's spoiling them, Pastor Derek. You're right, it is. It's spoiling them. It's spoiling them. Some of you are judging me right now, but I just, I just, I don't know. If, to me, it reminds me of Luke chapter 6, verse 38, when Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Jesus is saying, I promise you, I've got way more supply than you have demand. I've got way more to give. I've got way more to, and that's why the old preacher, R.W. Schambach, he said, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive him, and I'm not talking about money. Money's included, it, it, same principle, but I'm, not, I'm more talking about life than anything else. I'm talking about your life, anything you have to give to God. Listen to me, write this down. This is a principle that's really impacting my life. Anything you give to God does not leave your life. It doesn't leave your life. It leaves your present. And it goes into your future. And it multiplies. Anything you give to the Lord, you give your time, you're going to get it back. Come on, church. You give your heart, you're going to get the heart of God in return. Anything you've ever given to God, for anyone who's ever served on a ministry team, all that time, all that energy, it doesn't leave your life. It goes into your future and it multiplies. It doesn't matter what it is. It's coming back. It's coming back. Come on. Prove it, preacher. Okay, I will. Hannah gave Samuel to the Lord. You keep reading this chapter and you see that she does indeed have a baby. Come on, everybody. His name is Samuel. She gives him to the Lord. She dedicates the baby to God. And because God doesn't, God, because God does answer prayer, he does give her a baby, right? She brought the boy back to him. She brought him in. She brought him to the house of the Lord. She, she placed him in ministry. Come on. And Eli, the priest said, because you've done this, you're going to have more babies. By the way, she had five more children after Samuel. Five more children after Samuel. Because whatever we give to God, it, it goes into our future and it multiplies. It multiplies. Come on, church. That's why when you give to the Lord your sin... You give him your sin, your addiction, he takes it and he breaks it and he blesses it. And he gives it back to you in the form of a testimony. What once kept you bound in one area now sets a lot of people free. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.